Hello everyone, you are tuned in to a new episode of Trapped in a Bubble. I'm your host, Dr. Tim Apollocky. Today's episode is basically entitled, In Order to Win a Championship, Sometimes You Must Switch Teams. Now, this is basically geared towards sports analogies but I'm actually going to use this as a analogy that anyone can use okay so let's get started say you are the voice of reason in your immediate circle and people rise calling you about their problems and so you actually give them some sound advice but as the sun rises and falls and the earth spins and sometimes it will be your turn on deck to where you need good advice or you need good help or whatever the case might be right and you try to go to the people that come to you first thing they say is hey I'm sorry can't help you or they just give you some advice that really sucks to where you already know in your mind that they wouldn't even follow their own advice okay so first thing is that you should never stay in a group and you're the smartest one in the group if you're the smartest one in the group then you need to find you another group that's smarter than you to where you can go and you can learn and get help and to become a better person. Okay. Now, that's just a brief summary of that. Now, let's just say that you have a person or people. It could come in many forms. It could be a baby daddy, baby mama. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. It could be a brother. It could be a sister. It could be a cousin. I don't don't care who it comes, but it comes in very safe form of fashions. And let's just say that they attach themselves to you. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do. You know, you're a good person. You, you 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 love people, you love life, and you try to build a good life for you and your loved ones and people that surround you. It can be home life, friend life, or work life. Okay? But then you have some people that are dead weight, and it seems like they're winning, and you're losing, and they're not really even trying to live right. Well, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Well, in order to solve a problem, you first have to diagnose what the problem is. See, the problem is, they say opposites attract. I believe that to a certain degree. Now, why is it? That people are no good always likes to attach themselves to good people. I'm going to tell you what it is. They're bad energy. You're good energy. Okay? They don't want to go out and get after their own kind. 
a, a person with bad energy does not want to go out and get another person with bad energy. Reason being is because, first of all, they can't get anything from these type of people, right? And then the second part of it is it'll make their situation, their state, more more worse than what it is, okay? So basically what bad people like to do is go out and get good people with energy and contaminate them. It could be spiritually, it could be physically, okay? So I'm going to give a life example of mine, okay? Well, the one I had, okay? I had this, this friend. I'm going to use his first name. His name's Chris. I could use him so what? He's not my friend anymore. Plus, uh, he, he's doing 15 years of life doing dumb shit. Okay? So, all he's just going to be around is ass and dick <laughs> for the next 15 years. Okay? So, let's get started. So, basically, I met this guy back in 2001 at a place called Bannister Mall. Anyone who knows Bannister Mall, you have to be from the Kansas City, Missouri area. So Bannister Mall was a mall. And they had uh, retail places, anchor stores like JCPenney's, uh, Sears, Dillard's. It's kind of crazy how a lot of these anchors are slowly fast, you know, fastly uh, becoming extinct. But anyway... When I first met him, my captain at the time, she introduced me to him and said, hey, this guy's going to be a training officer, and uh, he was a sergeant. And my first uh, assessment of him was right on the nose. He had an afro. He had one of them Isaac and a love boat mustache. And he was just the asshole. You tell he was just full of himself. And he had a knack to get in trouble and get other people in trouble. And through time, uh, I thought he was a good officer. Uh, he really thought what he was trying to do was good, but in reality it wasn't. It was kind of like he had that look before you leap uh, philosophy. And so he didn't use he didn't use his head, and he got a lot of people that was under his command in a lot of trouble. And um, as time went on, we had all duty police officers who was actually working with some of us, and we was walking with us in the mall, so we was able to uh, get to know some of the police officers. The police officers got to know us, and uh, and one of them was like, "Hey Tim, you know you're a good kid." You know, you need to stay away from Jones. Jones is a bad influence. And I, I kind of saw it, but I really didn't kind of see it two years later. Uh, one particular police officer, he's retired now. Officer Kelly was like, hey, uh, he was actually a blessing in my life. Uh, he was the first person to tell me that I would become a doctor. And uh, I used to get mad at him. And he just, just used to just look at me emotionless until one day I said, I was Kelly, why do you call me a doctor? I'm like, I'm working on my associates. That's how he said, because that's what you're going to be. And uh, later on, I found out that he was an ordained minister 
<laughs> I believe that man was a prophet. Uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to meet, back up with him, and thank him. And I'd have to admit and say, hi, Alvin Kelly, you was right and I was wrong. Can I take you out to eat, sir? Um, that's no joke. That's no antidote. That is basically real life story. So, going back to Chris. Um, I thought people just didn't give him a chance. He was just a guy that just, life just had, life's foot was just in his ass. And he just didn't catch bad breaks. Uh, at the time, I was younger. I was naive. I thought I could fix people. Hey, I'm just saying what it is. Um, I used to spend time with him. We used to hang out. We used to go to the movies. He's, uh, there's times where his mommy kicked him out. He slept on my couch. Uh, when I started having kids, got married. Uh, there was times where he was not around his family. We invited him around the family, the holidays. He went on trips. Uh, there's times where he went out to eat. He didn't have the money. I gave it to him. And my mother did not like him. And so I was like, whatever, mom, you don't really like too many people anyway. I don't even think you're like me, but I'm your child. But as other family members started to say the same things, I started to pay attention. And what he would try to do was just basically say undertone types of stuff. Hey, Tim, you're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. You're not going to cheat this. You ain't going to cheat that. You know, and he would not say that like to me directly, but he would tell it to some people that was really my friends and they came back and they told me and uh said hey Tim you know Chris not your friend now he's saying this about you saying that I never confronted him about it you know time went on time went on time went on and uh and you know I was going to school then I stopped and I was like you know what you know probably about year seven it's like, man, I need to cut this. I need to cut this guy off. And uh, then we wouldn't talk for a while. And then a year and a half, about, so that was 2007. So my mom passed in 2012. So 7-12. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So five and a half years later, he came back. He used the situation with my mom, passing to come back in. And so um, 2013, I graduated with my bachelor's 2014. I graduated concurrently with my master's and my doctorate. So, the day that I received my camping gown, a week before I graduated with my doctorate degree, and everybody was getting their gowns, I didn't see him, but he actually came, it seemed like he came out of nowhere. And so, it actually had the ones that were getting their doctors, doctor, and it had your name on it. And so he seen it first. He's like, what? You're getting a doctor? Right? 
and I saw the jealousy in him. I saw the hatred in his eyes. I saw the energy. I saw the spirit. Um, basically, just come out. So I was like, "Hey, what's the problem?" I said, "When I met you, it's like when I'm when I met you, 13, 14 years back, I was I, I was I was going to school." I was going to school and when I met you and further than that uh, what's the problem I'm like the year you you graduated from high school which was 99 I graduated in 96 I was in my sophomore year of of college, but the problem was I was playing around. I wasn't going to class. It's kind of crazy. I didn't skip. I didn't skip school in high school or junior high or grade school, but I waited to college to do it where I had to pay for it. So my dad paid for my first couple of years. After that, it was kind of like, hey, you're on your own. So when my friends started all uh, transferring out to different colleges and universities um life started hitting me so so then i started to think back like wait a minute you know i worked on this doctorate degree basically 14 years but if i if i add 14 years plus when i first got out of high school that's four so 14 plus four what's that 15 16 17 18 years so I've been working on this for 18 years, basically. You want to look at it, I mean, it was just, it wasn't just titled as a doctor at the time. You know, it was like, hey, I was going to school to get my bachelor's because I gave my mom uh, I, I, her her last wish for me when she was dying. She made me promise to go back and get my, my, my bachelor's. So I did that the, a year after my mom passed. So that was the first thing. I, I didn't feel like I was winning at the time. I felt it was like, yeah, it was a victory, but I felt like I, I, I was losing in the, same, in the same breath. It's like, this is the first major victory that uh, I was able to achieve with working full time, uh, having kids, but my mother wasn't there. And I felt it was, uh, I felt empty. I said, well, okay, mom, I, I did what you told me to do. So I hope you're looking down and, and you see it. Hopefully you're smiling. So in the midst of that, when I was graduating with my bachelor's, I had credits into, credits into my master's. So um, I went back the following year and I was working in my, my I mean the following fall, I'm sorry. So I graduated in the May of the same year of my bachelor's. So that was 13. I went back to school that fall and I started working on my master's. And so I was in my master's program. So as I was working, working, taking classes, I was working nights at the time. I was doing security. And uh, I worked so much, so much to where uh, one of my doctors was like, well, hey, so you also will stay in and get your, your doctorate. If you, if you just push yourself, you can actually get your doctorate. And so, once again, um, one of my professors made me promise. And um, 
So I, I stayed and I got my my doctorate. You see, when they say that guy works in mysterious ways, he does. So in the year that I graduated with my doctorate, I had went on a cruise in 2013, went on a Disney cruise. So I went out and I went on different excursions, but when it was time for me to break away from the group, I went back to my stateroom, I ordered some food, and I was hitting books. So my thing was, he went on that trip, and he was basically um, having fun. I was on a ship, and I was doing my work. So what I'm saying is that it was a lot of hard work. So when I call myself doctor, I'm not just calling myself that. I actually earned that. I have accreditations. I have the degree to prove my hard work. Okay, so going back to him, he didn't look at the fact that I helped him get his associates. He didn't. He didn't care that I helped him get his bachelor's and his master's. I helped him do some of his work. He didn't care. You see what I'm saying? Because he was never my friend. He, I was his friend, but he he never was my friend. And he didn't he, he didn't care that I helped him. Reason why he was around me and he was connected to me was because it was benefits. He was able to feed, he was able to get blessed by being connected to me. And so my life was just it kept going up and down like a roller coaster. I'm like, God, what's going on? I'm trying to live right, you know, and uh What's going on? It seemed like it's. I'm kind of winning, but then in reality, I'm winning a couple of incursions, a couple of battles, but I'm not winning wars. Then he had, you know, shown me that you had to look at who you're connected to. I had other people that was that I should have been connected to, so I started systematically getting rid of them. But he was like the main. He was like the main one. So. So. And then when someone tells you that I've, you know, I really have not been a true friend to you, when they say stuff like that to you, a poet once said, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. I believe that was Maya Angelou who said that quote. And sure enough, that is true. And so it was times to where, you know, and I kind of had a feeling in my heart and everything like that. He was kind of cutting me down and everything like that. And uh, my mother would say when she was here, she was, uh, he was jealous of you. And then my aunt that passed, you know, a few months ago, you know, basically we had a lot of talking to do. And she was saying, hey, son, I'm so glad that you cut that relationship. And, you know, and I told her some things. But I told her some things that happened but my mom didn't know because she'd already passed on what I'm about to share with you guys and so 
in 2000 in July of 2000 and 18 shortly before I started uh, JCPenney's he calls me I was doing security at night this place Carl Cerner and uh, he asked me something that a true friend would never ever ask you and so what happened was he called me at 2 o'clock in the morning I looked at the phone and I wasn't going to answer it and God put it on my heart to answer the, answer the phone I said hello he said hey man what's going on so I could tell it was something in his voice maybe it was his his spirit his, his aura his, his energy just wasn't right I already knew it so he said man I need to ask you a favor I said what is it so I'm thinking maybe he needed some money or something like that I'm like okay whatever I give you 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars so what hey that's this type of person I am he said man I need to borrow your gun I said what he said what the hell did you say to me he's like I need to borrow your gun and so I said what do you, what do you need a gun for and so he was like he wanted to start start a security job and he needed a gun and this and this and this and all that different kind of stuff so so family I lost it this I'm I was not talking professional. I wouldn't hold back. I had to pray for forgiveness, you know, Lord, forgiveness. And I cussed him out to the point to where, and I guess I must was loud because my partner was actually outside and he, you know, heard. He's like, he came in, tell me you're all right. He said, yeah, man, I'm okay. And I explained what happened. So after, after cussing him out for about five to seven minutes, he was like, so are you going to let me borrow the gun or what or not? So I was like, Wow, no emotion, no nothing. And I said, I said, hell no. And I said, you're not my, fr- I said, you're not my friend, because I said, a, I said, a, a real friend would not ask for something like that. Now, check this out. Okay. So that night, I cut it. I said, I said, okay, I said, okay, God, okay, I got it. I'm cutting them tonight. I'm not gonna call them. Okay, so time goes on. Three weeks later, he kills somebody, y'all. He's at he's at he's at a security post. He's at a bar, uh, and the drunk guy, drunk guy goes to his car. He claims it was self defense. He claims he was trying to run him over. He, he runs across the street. He shoots into the car three times, the windshield, plus his partner trying to back him up. Partner thought he was just doing the right thing by backing his partner up. Fact is, what Chris does, like he always does, like I told you, he leaps first. But the reason why, because all his life, his mother cuddled him, didn't make him responsible for his own actions. And so, the fallout of that was, it was caught on video, 
surveillance camera caught it. Person with a phone caught it. Then, after he killed the person, murdered the person, he tried to take that gun and he gave it to one of the people that was in the bar. So now you just killed somebody, you murdered someone. You knew you wasn't supposed to, you knew you was in the wrong. So then you was trying to conceal the weapon. Okay. Police are not dumb. Detectives are not dumb. That's what they do. So. So it's bullets in the car. And so they find the weapon. And the crazy thing about the situation is this. If a security company actually did their homework like they're supposed to do, they would have known that his security license through Casey, Kansas City, Missouri Police Department would have been revoked. And it was being revoked since 2000. And five. He could work on the Kansas side, but not the Missouri side. So the minute that he found the company, they didn't do their homework. They put him on the post and he killed somebody. See, when you connected the people and you connected to the wrong people, this is what happened. So check this out. Everyone in that company lost their job because obviously the company got sued by the survivor members of the family members of the person that he killed. Okay, the security owner, which I had no 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 love for him. He was actually a, a police uh, officer. Can't say where, but uh, I know where, but I can't say where for you know. And uh, he lost his job behind that. He lost his company behind that, and it was people lost their jobs behind this particular person because. He went across the street where he had no lines of jurisdiction. When you're security, you're you're assigned to a property. If someone steps off that property, you have no jurisdiction. Also, check this out, right? The guy he killed, that night, he had got into it with his girl. And he went to the bar to have some drinks to knock it off. I mean, come on, hey, we all get into it in relationships, right? But who did, I know he didn't think in a million years he was not going to come home because someone's ignorance. And see, I know Chris, he's the type of person, pretty much what probably happened was the guy probably said some stuff to him. He got mad and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Now, his mom's still trying to help him out, and I understand I'm a parent myself. But when your when your children's wrong, you they must face the consequences and the repercussions of their actions, just like anyone else. And she calls herself a pastor, right? She was trying to get she was calling in city favors and try to get the the evidence suppressed and all that different kind of stuff. Now he he murders a person in cold blood. They got on video and everything. Say, I say this all to say to you guys, 
what if I wouldn't to listen to, to God? What if I were to listen to my heart and disconnect it from him? What if I would have gave him the weapon? I would have been pulled in that mess and only God would have been able to get me out of that mess. But but I would have been connected to him. It would have been just as bad as I pulled the trigger, but I had nothing to do with it. I would have gave him the instrument. Good prosecuting attorney would have basically flipped it. And then his partner, he he was left in jail because he didn't have no money. He didn't have nobody backing him up. But he tried to back up his officer, his fellow officer. Just something to think about. Just something to think about. So, I will leave you guys with this. It's very important, especially in the days to come that we're all going through. You need to analyze your circles of people that is close to you because the people you don't have to really worry about the people who's away from you on the outside they can do very minimal damage but the main ones who can inflict the most is gonna be the ones that are close to you so remember this people are in your life for either two reasons either they're to heal you or they're there to kill you They're either here to restore you or destroy you. You have to be very careful who you allow in your, in your in your circle because every pat on the back might be the pats that hold you back. Everybody say they riding with you. It's not even riding for you. Some people say that they they fight for you, even though you would fight for them. They wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. You love them, but in reality, they hate you. And if given a given a opportunity, you you, you would give your life for them. But given that other opportunity, if they had it. If they could kill you and get away with it, they will. Remember in the Bible, Cain killed Abel, and those two were brothers. So, I just wanted to share something with you guys tonight. Uh, please forgive me. I've been trying to put episodes together over the past week. And it's like three episodes that just didn't come out. But maybe it wasn't meant for me to put those out. Maybe this episode was meant to come out first. Because someone needs to hear this. And it was just placed on my heart as I got off tonight to share with you guys I love you guys that listen I love the Trapping the Bubble family listeners I love you guys thank you for listening hopefully this helps someone 
maybe you could share this. This is not a made-up story. Everything that I told you was true. And I'm going to end with... I like to say often, if you don't believe in yourself, believe in God. But I would also like to add on tonight is this. Be careful of the circle of people that you allow to get close to you. Because if you choose wrong, it can be very detrimental to your mental, spiritual, and maybe your physical. Remember, someone is in your life either to heal you or to kill you. They're here to uplift you or they're here to tear you down. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. And I'm out of here.